welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Peru. Today, we're on the Airwaves to learn more about our transition to a mission-aligned organization and how, in our rapidly changing world, it will enable us to deliver capability and readiness with increased agility and speed. Joining us today is Vice Admiral Dean Peters, Commander, Naval Air Systems Command, to tell us more about what this organizational shift means to our workforce and the benefits to the fleet. Sir, thank you for joining us. So to begin today, why did we transition from a competency-aligned organization to a mission-aligned organization? Thank you for that question because it is probably the most frequent question that we get. I want to be candid when we discuss this and, and tell you that you know, our previous organization was probably appropriate when it was implemented in the 1990s. There was a, a real focus on the functional disciplines, both on the technical side and in the business side. And you know, that ultimately became a barrier to us getting things done. The world is changing. The pace of technology is changing. There's more uncertainty than ever. And we've had some severe readiness issues to deal with. And so we needed to change. We, we needed more flexibility. We needed more empowerment. And we, we also needed to bring mission back to the front burner. I mean, that's ultimately why we needed to change the organization. What are the key tenets of the mission-aligned organization? Well, let's talk about the, the tenets of the mission-aligned organization. First of all, it starts with mission. We've talked about that a little bit, and uh, that's why you'll always hear me say mission-aligned organization. I try not to abbreviate it or use an acronym because I, I, I want to remind myself constantly that this is about the mission. So those key tenets are uh, really about uh, empowerment and delegation. We want to empower folks to be able to say yes at their level. And if they're not comfortable at that level, then they can elevate it quickly. But getting the decision authority at the working level is a key part of what we're trying to go for in the mission-aligned organization. The other part is really just the integration of functional disciplines. Under a competency structure, the competency is very focused on their particular discipline. We want to integrate those uh, as part of the mission-aligned organization. And I can give you one example in particular of how we've taken some folks that are cost estimating experts and we've put them in with our contracting group and together they formed their procurement group. And that's allowing us to take advantage of folks that have particular talents about understanding what, how much things cost and integrating them with folks that understand how to put a contract together. I think that's very powerful. The other tenet is really associated with just adapting to changing circumstances. I mean, we have to be able to do that. I think that's all part of just the overall culture of a mission-aligned organization. Can you share any real-world examples that motivated you to implement this organizational shift? Well, let's talk about some reasons why you need this type of infrastructure behind the workforce when you need to make decisions quickly and when you're going after speed and readiness. One of the best examples is what happened with the physiological episodes. You know, that occurred, it caught a lot of us by surprise. It was a major readiness degrader for the fleet and we're still seeing tremendous impacts from what occurred from a physiological episode standpoint. We just were not in a position 
to respond quickly to that by bringing the people and the resources together in order to find the solutions. That's a prime example of why we need this type of organization. What do you think would have been different about our response to the physiological episodes had we already been operating as a mission-aligned organization? Responsiveness as part of the mission-aligned organization means that the Echelon 3 commanders, our Naval Air Warfare Centers, the FRCs, and those commands that are underneath the NOCs and the FRCs can do whatever they need to do to solve a problem. They can move people, they can move resources. They don't have to go back up to headquarters to ask a functional manager, is it okay if this person goes to work on this project? So we've put the responsibility and the authority where the accountability rests. Speaking of headquarters, what is the role of headquarters under the mission-aligned organization? So let's talk about headquarters. Under the previous organization, a lot of the decision-making was done at the headquarters level. That's where a lot of our competency management was. All of the supervisory chains flowed up into headquarters, and really decisions had to come up through to headquarters before they were made. The difference is now we want to use the headquarters for what it was intended to, which is we establish policy, we provide tools, we provide resource allocation. The other aspect of, of headquarters really is to help with the communication across the commands to ensure that everyone gets the benefits of the lessons learned. That was a strength of our previous organization and we don't, we don't want to lose that. But we can do that without having the supervisory chains run all the way up to headquarters. What is the purpose of the concept of operations document? The CONOPS, really, it puts down some instructions. It describes the organization. It describes how the organization operates, and it describes the behaviors that we value. So we've been operating as a mission-aligned organization since April of 2019. So that's over a year. And the workforce, you know, rightfully so, let us know, hey, we'd like to see some details associated with this. And so we wrote them down. We wrote down those details. But it's not too detailed, and that's on purpose, because we want the commands to have the flexibility to accomplish their mission in the best way they can. So what we described was how the organizations within our organization work together, how the commands work together, the supporting relationship between the commands and the program offices and the PEOs, what goes on at our fleet readiness centers, what their mission is and how that gets accomplished. We talk about technical authority. We talk about really the, the, the behaviors that we value. You mentioned flexibility. Will the CONOPS document change over time to reflect the changes in our organization? So we've talked about the CONOPS document. We released it on 1 June, but that's not it. That's not just one release and we're done. This is meant to be a living document, and I hope that we've messaged that clearly. We're interested in feedback. We're interested in refinement. We're not going to wait another 27 years before we take a look at our organization and say, are we organized correctly? Are we structured correctly? Are we being responsive? Are we taking care of all the things that we intended to take care of by implementing a mission-aligned organization? So 
it's, it's not a static document. It's meant to be a living document. So one of the most significant changes we've made is to the technical decision authority. What changed and what benefits do you expect to realize? So we're talking about technical authority and technical decision authority. And that's really a key part of the mission-aligned organization. And first, let me say that our technical expertise is world-class. That's what really sets us apart, that makes us a valued part of naval aviation. I don't want to change anything associated with the standards that we have for our technical authority. But what we've changed is really where the decisions occur. We want our technical experts to be part of the problem solving. We want them to bring solutions, bring options. And so we've taken the technical experts that are assigned to program offices, to FRCs, and we've said, hey, you all have the decision authority. Go use these experts that are around you to determine what the best solution is and then move out. That's what the big difference is. How will we measure the success of the mission-aligned organization? In talking about the mission-aligned organization and how we measure success, it's really no different than what we started with at the beginning, which is speed and readiness. So those things that provide the infrastructure that allows you to go faster, that provide the infrastructure that creates readiness, those are the things that we're going to continue to watch. It could be how fast we're accomplishing our procurements. It could be what our throughput is at the FRCs. It could be quality. Those are the type of measures that really indicate, are you getting after mission? Are you doing those things that will provide successful outcomes to the fleet? In general, how will the mission-aligned organization help commands increase agility and speed? I'm really encouraged by what we've seen so far with our mission-aligned organization, especially in terms of how decisions are made and how decisions are viewed. We're talking about the integration of functions. We're talking about bringing technical experts together to help solve problems. When you do that, your decisions are viewed through a different lens. It's the lens of a mission outcome. That's very different than viewing it through just my technical discipline. I want to create a solution. I want to be part of the team. And that engenders trust. Trust by all of the folks that are involved in the problem solving and trust across the organization. So in closing today, what is your message to the workforce? Probably the, the main thing that I want to relay to the workforce is that the Mission Aligned organization is about culture. It's about providing an infrastructure that allows a learning organization that unleashes the talent of our workforce. We want to keep them focused towards mission. That's important. We want their ideas. We want their creativity. The final message is thank you. I know this has been difficult at times. Change is always a little bit difficult. But I hope that we've described why we needed to do this. And I hope that you're seeing that it's making a big difference. We're going to continue to put out the Make an Impact notes, share those success stories, and please provide your feedback. Let us know how it's going. We want to make this better. We want to continue to refine it. It's all about the fleet. It's all about the mission. And 
I thank you for what you do for Naval Aviation every day. Well, sir, I want to thank you for joining us today. Lots of great information on our mission-aligned organization and how it is going to help us as a workforce deliver readiness faster. And that's it for this edition of Airways. Thanks for listening.